From MattCast Creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. On today's episode, I spoke with Mike Edwards, CEO of apparel brand Hannah Anderson. I visited Hannah's offices in Northeast Portland where Mike and I discussed his career path, his thoughts on inheriting a brand with so much heritage, and how his team is investing in innovation to fuel growth. Now, I was telling you when I first got here, I should just give you my credit card because I have a nine-month-old and a four-year-old and we are uh, frequent supporters of the brand. <laughs> much appreciated. So, you know, one thing I want to just always love starting with is you know, tell us a little about your, your journey here, becoming the CEO, as you, we kind of talked to about before, too, is this is your second tour in Portland a little bit, right? Yes. So love for you just to, you know, let folks know uh, how you got here. About a year and a half ago, uh, I sold a company called eBags.com in Denver, Colorado, which was a pure play online, essentially travel and luggage company to Samsonite. After taking about a year off and exploring various opportunities, I was contacted by L. Catterton, which is the owner of Hannah Anderson. And after a lot of dialogue and discussion, I realized that the opportunity was fairly significant for the Hannah brand to expand globally. We loved living in Portland. Uh, my first company here was uh, Lucy Activewear, which we uh, sold to VF Corporation. Were you part Were you part of that? Yes. Okay. So you- and that was uh, really sort of my first real uh, company tran- transaction. I then became a major investor in Ellington Handbags, which was also in Portland, Oregon, um, and became part of the Oregon Angel Fund and Investor Fund. So the opportunity to come back to Oregon was very exciting to me, particularly for a brand that I had always respected. My daughters are much older now, but they uh, wore their Hannah jams and clogs, you know, for a good part of their uh, childhood. So always had a lot of respect for what the brand stood for and the message of sustainability and quality. It's an iconic brand, especially in the children's apparel. So we'll, we'll get into that. I'm always curious, you know, you, you, you sold your CEO of eBag, sold it, took a little time off. You probably had a, you could gone in multiple ways, go back to investing or, you know, advising. So it pulled you back into being uh, an operator again. You know, it was the brand, obviously the opportunity with the growth, but I'm you know, yeah. curious. Um, my wife kicked me out of the house. I mean, <laughs> I um, do something. Right? <laughs> yeah. I sat, you know, sat on two public boards, one Flex Steel Industries Furniture Company and the other Central Garden and Pet. I sat on the board of my uh, college, Drexel University. When I was in Portland, I sat on the PSU business board and, you know, it just really wasn't enough for me. I really like running businesses and being active and really missed the, you know, the social engagement and the the challenges every day and felt like uh, I sort of made a declaration on that New Year's that I'm not done and I'm going back. (laughs) Well, here you are. And let's, let's get into the brand a little bit as, you know, again, you know, Hannah is just a such a recognizable brand for folks that have kids in that market. Since you've been here, it's April of 2019. What are some of the changes uh, you've made that you can share or, and just the opportunity for, for growth for the brand? A couple key changes were really getting back to the foundational DNA of the brand. Gunn was the founder of, of Hannah. She brought a Swedish heritage and point of view to simplicity, product play, quality, sustainability. 
And we had sort of lost our compass on that a little bit. But that's what really makes our brand special. Yeah. Is that you know, incredible commitment to quality and you know, being able to hand it down for generations. I get more pictures of babies and kids on my LinkedIn than you know, any, <laughs> right. anyone yeah, sure. on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the other piece that seemed like such a great opportunity to me is that we really didn't have the digital capacity that I was used to you know, running a pure play company. This, the Hanna brand mainly was a cataloger at start, then did retail, then added the site. But the, the site and sort of the digital echo structure, I saw so many opportunities for growth and customer experience engagement that I knew I could bring that skill set, you know, right away. And that also applies to how we marketed new customer acquisition and building awareness and, and then the opportunity to take us international, which you can do now with digital assets without brick and mortar. And I still believe in brick and mortar. I just think it will look very different for us in the future. Well, let's get into that. I mean, what's, what are some things that will look different? You, you know, you're thinking maybe that you're starting a journey down. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we, we brainstorm a lot of ideas, but obviously pop-ups have become a very big trend yeah. for direct-to-consumer brands. And, you know, they create a great experience and then, you know, in very big metropolitan areas. And, you know, it, it, it does a lot to, you know, engage new customers. And also helps us test markets without a huge real estate or a lease commitment. There's a lot of, with the you know massive amount of store closings that have happened in the U.S. over the last couple of years and continue, there still now becomes a lot of real estate that's available. Yeah. That, you know, can be strategic from a pop-up perspective as well. And then there's always the sort of joint venture kind of things like store within a store. Yeah. You know, like a Nordstrom or, right. or, or Target or whoever. Yeah, uh, we think makes sense, and we're now doing sort of a store within a store with Hannah on Amazon. Okay, um, yeah, you know, so that's a digital pop up, longer term commitment. But mm-hmm. so I think there's lots of you know different ways to engage the consumer mm-hmm. on their terms, mm-hmm. particularly in apparel where touch and feel is really important to mm-hmm. the consumer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to serve that, right? And the brand heritage of Hannah runs so deep. How do you balance that with, you know, these new initiatives you're doing and innovation with uh, the experiences? Because it can be a little tricky, right? Yeah, it all starts with, you know, are we doing the right thing for our customer and ultimately the consumer, which is our kids. And as long as we never sacrifice on the product quality, um, our fabrication, our special designs, all the nuances we build in for comfort and play, that's what our customer wants first. So... We're, we're not going to mess with the secret sauce. Yeah. Um, we will always evolve our design to be as relevant and contemporary as possible, but not back off our heritage. You know, the other things when you talk digital, all things digital, you know, that comes to fulfillment, customer service, to shopping online. And how do we make those experiences really feel personalized and, and comforting uh, and easy? Um, for our busy parents that have their hands full. Literally. I hear you. Like, <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah. And, you know, and also, you know, with consumers now, the heritage is important, but the journey of the, the brand and sustainability is becoming more important than ever, too. So that transparency, right? So yes. are you kind of implementing that's a little bit in the DNA of the brand, but what, what's yeah. some of the things you might be? Well, we're, we want to get credit for what we've been doing since yeah. 1983. Yeah. yeah. Um, now it's now it's a buzzword. Sure. And that's all, you know, our, our standards for organic cottons and fabrics and dyes have been at 
been in place since the founder started and, mm-hmm. finished, and that's something that was super important to her and you know for us i think it's more of us how can we educate what organic fabrication really means not just not just for how it feels um, but the impact on the environment the labor forces and uh, and the good that it comes as a result of that uh, so we feel we, we have a mission to do that we also have a mission to make sure that our clothes are as comfortable and create zero skin irritation uh, at a young age. And that, again, comes from, you know, keeping to that gold standard. The other pieces from a digital community perspective is that our, our customers really feel they're like they're part of the Hanna family. We're part of their traditions. And we want to make it easy to access our content and our brand and our inspirations through all kinds of social mediums and PR and outreaches and community giving and things that we've always done that may make, make this a happy place to be part of. Yeah, that's great. And, and let's talk about international because there's a huge opportunity there, right? For Hannah. Yes. So I'm curious to see what's kind of going on with that and some of the things you might be doing. Well, we, um, you know, we're, we're intending to be in about 180 countries in the uh, first quarter of next year okay. or this year. Sorry. Wow. That's really done through a digital platform in which uh, we have our sites up in all countries. Mm-hmm. Um, they can buy product and then we you know, forward it to a freight forwarder and off, mm-hmm. it, off it goes. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to learn a lot. Yeah. You know, the, the cultural differences of each market are, are, are pretty unique. You would think we'd be a shoe in in the European market because mm-hmm. um, many people actually think we're based in Scandinavia. Yeah, right. But we don't know exactly because there's, you know, different fashion trends, there's mm-hmm. different size trends mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll quickly get a grasp of that. Well, I love that mindset you're, you know, probably passing on to your team is we're going to learn. We're going to learn. Right. Yeah. And to have that support from the top from you is uh, probably, uh, probably a very valuable yeah. thing for the brand, right? Yeah. I think my, my statement is we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, but we just got to try. Yeah. Uh, well, the, you know, I had a few things I totally want to talk about. And, uh, you know, Amazon, it's a partner. You have a, a partnership with them. You mentioned these stores in the stores. But talk about that partnership. Maybe some of the, the threats with Amazon. Maybe not with your brand, but just other retail or consumer brands as well, you see? Yeah, I think, you know, Amazon, well, 50% of all product searches now start on Amazon. Yeah. You know, the other 25% are on Google. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to get your product out there and your name out there, it's, it's a, a platform you can't ignore. Yeah. The, the problems with some of the marketplaces have always revolved around sort of volatility and pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there privacy issues? Are there product knockoff opportunities? Are there disingenuous brand knockoffs mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. can occur on, on all marketplaces? Yeah. Those are the downsides. Mm-hmm. The upside is is that it is an outstanding platform, mm-hmm. and it is a great customer experience. And they have you know done nothing but treated us as a respected partner. It's great to hear. Um, we work collaboratively on on designs for Amazon, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know they're really committed to uh, you know the millennial parent and mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so strategically we have a lot of alignment mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. And so it's paying off. It yeah. seems like, yeah. And, and being, you know, forward thinking with a partnership has been reactive is yeah. probably helpful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
leadership team has that uh, shifted since you've been here? Have you brought new? I know you know one of the folks I know that your new CIO, Bill McVeigh, who I'm a big fan of. But yep. uh, what, how's that going as far as? Yeah, we've team? made a, a lot of changes. Um, you know, throughout the leadership team and structure of the company mm-hmm. um, to be more of a digital first mentality, which is you know about speed and yeah. content and data. Yep. Obviously, we strengthened our CIO position um, by bringing Bill on. Bill has a tremendous experience of VF Corporation yeah. and with Keen. Mm-hmm. Um, we're constantly evolving our and, and investing in technology. That's great. We uh, also, you know, made changes in our in merchandising group okay. and organization. Um, we've made a lot of promotions throughout the company, oh, more, great. more so than uh, in the history. Okay, created our own agency. Really? Um, uh, in which okay. we do photo shoots and I'll, I'll take you down there where, yeah. when you're done, you'll be inspired. And, and that's kind of a trend, like these, you know, internal yeah. agencies and what was the, I mean, I'm sure you still work with outside partners, yeah. but what was the, the thought of just going all in on that? I mean, you know, speed, you speed, speed and control, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it is cost effective to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a very unique point of view of about, you know, what our content looks like. Mm-hmm. The other changes is we combined our, Stores, call center, and HR under one um, chief uh, associate and customer experience officer. Great. So we know the brand is a function of all three. Yeah. And all touch points are important. And we spent an awful lot of money this year improving our distribution and fulfillment network. Hmm. You know, it, at one point, it could take up to eight days to get your product if you ordered on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, we set a service level standard of four. Mm-hmm. And we achieved the service level standard and increased our capacity to record levels. In many markets, we were delivering in two days. Um, And we were able to offer our customers, you know, up to the last minute options to get their product. And, you know, all those things are, you know, incredibly important um, to today's consumer. Well, let's get into that. I mean, because it's almost that is uh, the expectation of, uh, and I see it, my wife and I, we buy stuff. If we can't order in two days, it's like... I'm not going to get it. Yes. Right. So yeah. that's becoming like said an expectation. Now it's transitioning with your folks like at Amazon right. to one day, yes. a lot of these things. So, which is by the way, one of the reasons I love being on the Amazon platform. Yeah. Cause they're going to deliver better than I will. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. So. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, this sort of last mile supply chain delivery trend, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. Yeah. And it will uh, significantly impact many urban areas and many uh, many companies because the economics are such a challenge. And yeah. when you get you know past two days and offer free returns, the, the cost is extensive. Sure, yeah. And, but today's consumer, because they know they can now get that. Um, if you're past four days, that's extreme. Right. So that's almost like, don't never go past four days. Right, yeah, I mean, it's true. It's yeah. true in everything we buy, so. Um, I'm, you mentioned, you know, direct consumer brands, you're kind of a, I would say that's in your DNA too, yeah. but with these straight new brands that are pure direct to consumer, no brick and mortar, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, the economics, what I've read don't seem too great for the, like these startups or. Yeah, I think that it's pretty common. Well, commonly held belief now that, you know, direct to consumer brands do need brick and mortar. Yeah. You know, we do probably 10 to 20 times more online business where we have a store mm. than markets where we don't. Mm-hmm. Now there's affordable options for those direct-to-consumer brands to touch their consumer 
I mean, you see it with Peloton, you see it with Tesla, you see it, mm-hmm. all these, you know, sort of non-traditional products yep. um, that start online, essentially, and are, you know, they're breaching, they're, they're getting out in front of the consumer. And we know that today in a, in a, in a very noisy world, you got to connect, you know, with the consumer where they are yep. in those micro moments. Yeah, exactly. Well, as we kind of, you know, cut one or two more questions, I always like to ask folks about Portland. You, again, coming back here, just in regards to business-wise, since you've come back, um, how getting back involved in the business community, how's it been? And then I'll, we'll kind of go from there about Portland. Yeah, I always describe Portland as the, one of the friendliest cities to do business in of all cities in my career. Yeah, I went from running Lucy Activewear to running Borders Books and Music um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I, I found the difference of how business was treated, particularly when you were having a bad streak, yeah. um, was, you know, pretty tough. <laughs> a little su- more supportive here, probably. <laughs> yeah. and, and I found that, you know, in, in Portland that, that in general, the media is like cheering their companies mm-hmm. on to be successful and provide growth opportunities. So, right. so. That's a pleasure yeah. to be back. It's changed a lot because it's been almost 10 years since I lived here. And mm-hmm. um, the growth has been extraordinary. But at the same token, it's also brought a lot of talent yes. into the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, younger and millennial talent um, with, you know, a lot of tech skills and right. a lot of creative skills. And obviously with Nike and Columbia and a lot of other activewear yeah. companies here, there's a good knowledge base of, you know, apparel as well. Right. So, yeah. And you find that the competition for the talent with those other folks you mentioned is can be challenging to. Yeah. We're we're always up against that bar. Yeah. For for different positions, depending on what they are. It's a hard bar. So, you know, you know, we offer more of the, you know, the family relaxed, um, you know, smaller company, Mm -hmm. um, higher connection kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah. then you might get if you're with a very large company. Right. And there's certainly pros and cons to both. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find that with the people we're hiring really do want this kind of environment. Yeah. And for the younger folks you're hiring that have those skills, uh, what's their knowledge base of the brand? Many of our, our associates are our moms, our new moms. Okay. And so they're, they're very, very passionate about the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably one of the number one things that connects them because Really, we're we're truly in a positive energy business, and yeah. that you know we're 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 really being parent to parent and trying to help you know a joyful moment yeah. in one's family traditions, mm-hmm. uh, particularly around the holiday with matching pajamas and some of the things that oh, we're yeah. known for. We do that whole thing, Mike. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's those, those things make you feel good. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, you know, we're, we're proud to deliver on that promise. Yeah. And it's for you, it's probably great to, to have that when you walk in the door yeah. and, and work here every day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Looking forward to, you know, Hannah's growth and see where it goes. So thank great. You. Thank you very much. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of That Cast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.